This is Fuse and Focus, Fuse FM's flagship news show. Hello and welcome to anyone who's just joined the live stream. I'm Josh Sandiford. I'm the Deputy Editor for News and Current Affairs at the Mancunian. I'm joined by Manchester University's Vice-Chancellor, Professor Dame Nancy Rothwell. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, yesterday we broke a story about fences being erected around Fallowfield campus where lots of first years and other students live. The university said it was an additional security measure following the lockdown. Well, last night protests erupted on campus and students began to pull the fencing down. Um, so we're going to be asking a few questions about that. Vice-Chancellor, thank you very much for giving us your time. Um, I think there's been a little bit of confusion with, you know, multiple media reports and various things have been said. Can you tell us why the fences were put up in the first place? First of all, the intention of the fences was never to restrict the movement of our students. We have no intention to do that and indeed no authority to do it. The fences were put up with good intent, although possibly mis misguided in the way that we did it. But they were put up because of many, many complaints from student residences about intrusion into the residences by non-residents, and in some cases, criminal behavior. So it was purely intended for the safety of students. We realize now, and the reason we're taking it down, that this caused great distress. And for that, I unreservedly apologize. And we failed in the communication of the reasons for it. Can you tell us any more about the intrusive behaviour and potential criminal activity? Do you mean parties? Do you mean people gathering? What do you mean by that? All of that and more besides. And, and obviously this has been referred to the police. I see. Um, so when did you first become aware that the fence was going up and of these new additional lockdown security measures? I was aware a fence of some nature was going up a couple of days ago, but not of the scale and, and not of the communications, um, which obviously we have not handled well. For that reason, well, I've launched an immediate inquiry into how those decisions were taken. That will report within two weeks. It will be fully published and will be public. Uh, so we can learn lessons from it. I'm not after a witch hunt, but I do want to understand what went wrong and what caused such distress to our students, which again, I regret. So just to confirm at the moment, you don't actually know who, who sanctioned the fence putting up. You don't know who made that decision or if it was made at uh, halls of residence level, if it was made at senior leadership team level, do you know who made the decision to put the fence up? I'm not aware of that at the present time, but the inquiry will tell us that. I see. And sort of, you know, yesterday when the news started to, to come out, um, when did the decision get made to then take the fence down? Because I think it was maybe in the hour before the protest, the university apologised and said they were going to take it down. Um, how did that all come about? As soon as we started to see the distress it had caused by students uh, going onto social media, uh, and immediately we saw that, we convened um, a group of my, myself and my senior colleagues and immediately made the decision to take the fences down. It was by then dark, so obviously they were going to come down early this morning. That decision was taken well before the protest started. And indeed, we quickly wrote uh, and issued an apology to every student and a statement uh, about how we regretted what had happened. Why do you think the students still went on to protest even after the university said they'd take the fences down? I can only imagine that many of them didn't see the messages uh, or perhaps still believed that the intention, which is incorrect, was to restrain them. Uh, that was absolutely not our intention whatsoever. Um, but I assume that some of them believe that. I'm also aware that this, many of our students are facing a lot of stress at the moment. Things are not as they would have normally expected to come to university. The whole country is in a lockdown. It's a very difficult time for them and for all of us. 
So yesterday the fences were pulled down forcibly by the students. Do you know, have, have workmen and other people now gone in to, to, to remove the fences entirely? What's the, what's the, what does it look like now? Yes, uh, my understanding is that there are workmen now on site removing the fences entirely. I see. Um, can I ask, you know, sort of moving away from the fences, this, this is Manchester University has been in the news a hell of a lot in the last couple of weeks for various reasons. There was massive COVID-19 outbreaks, huge student parties, students are now threatening a rent strike, we had the fence. How has it all gone so wrong? I don't think we're actually been in the press much more than many other universities, certainly the large ones, and the rates of infection were replicated in all the big city universities. Um, let me just stress, first of all, the vast majority of our students have behaved absolutely appropriately under the conditions of a pandemic. I am truly grateful to them, particularly when I know it's a difficult time for us. A small minority have had large parties. What has come to our attention is that quite a number of those at those large parties are not in fact our students and are therefore not helping the reputation of students and that was one of the reasons that we took actions. I see, I mean how are they getting access to campus and is it because it's been so porous and so easily able to go from, from and you know, the campus is open, I lived in, in that accommodation in my first year you can walk in and out quite easily, is that a problem for you guys? Yes, I think it is. And I think we're going to have to be looking hard at investing very significant sums of money into more secure access. Um, for, we've always operated an, an open campus um, and, and that in general is a good thing. Uh, obviously, in the present time, it's not such a good thing. And it's something we're going to have to look at very hard again. I see. Um, how do you think students are feeling right now? I can only imagine that there is a mixture of feelings um, because some um, wanted us to take uh, more extreme actions and obviously that's not happening now. Others will be feeling, uh, I hope, relieved that the fences are not going up. Uh, some will be waking up to wondering what on earth is going on uh, and others I'm sure are feeling frustrated by the actions that we took yesterday. Is there a massive communications issue fundamentally with the university? I think I remember you saying when you were in Super Radio 4 that communications weren't great in terms of students that were self-isolating and the guidance that they were given that sometimes conflicted with that national guidance. And of course, yesterday before the fence went up, students weren't told. Yesterday, when you said that the fence was going to be taken down, we reported that before students were told. What's the, why is communication so bad? Well, I would hope that our communications are not normally so bad. Uh, they've been put under extreme strain recently, not least by ever-changing um, uh, regulations, changes to tier status, whether these are Department for Education tiers or local tiers or national lockdown. And I can only say we have to do better. I want to talk about the delicate issue of mental health, if you don't mind. Um, it's something that a lot of people are, are talking about, um, particularly, you know, dozens of students that we've spoken to in the last two days have mentioned that the tragic incident of a student that actually died recently um, in the exact halls of residence where these fences have now been put up. Um, are you providing adequate mental health support for your students right now? So Manchester is the only part of the country that established some time ago a dedicated student mental health support unit paid for by the universities. Obviously, that may not be enough, um, and, and we're looking at what more we can do. We're actually just about to announce additional out-of-hours counselling and mental health support. Uh, of course, universities can only do so much, um, and we're doing as much as we can do. We'd like to do more, and we plan to do more, um, but we also do rely on the National Health Service. We're very aware of the concern of um, mental health, generally in young people, including in students. 
why are, why are so many students complaining only if you're putting record funding in and you're doing things that other universities aren't doing? Students are so angry and they're paying £9,250 more international students up to you know £20,000 and they're, they're just saying they're not getting the support. What do you say to that? I'm saying I'm very sorry if they're not getting the support and, and please do um, contact us to tell us if they feel they're not getting the support. We do have a mental health support service. It's under a lot of strain at the moment, as is the National Health Service, of course. I mean, normally, under normal circumstances, young people would go to the National Health Service. They are just inundated at the present time, not just by students, but by other young people who are having mental health problems and, of course, by a pandemic. Students have said that lots of people have felt that because of the fact that online learning has, has now become the, 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 the main feature because of the fact that, you know, tier three um, and, you know, because of the national lockdown, they're saying they feel the university is overcompensating by giving them way too much work and just throwing tons and tons of stuff at them. Have you heard those concerns? I've heard it from a few students and I've also heard some saying they would like some more work. Um, I think we've our staff have done an incredible job moving to online learning in the first lockdown and now again this time. Of course, we are delivering essential um, teaching in person where these practicals, practical practice based learning and so on. Um, we're looking very carefully at where those students have said we're giving them too much work um, and, and seeing if we can lighten that load a bit. And in those cases where students are saying we'd like to have more. Can we give them more? Um, and getting that balance will never be perfect because what for one student is too much work for another student, they would like more. Um, but we're trying as much as we can to respond to each of those requests. And these are being dealt with locally by the schools within the university. The government sent students back. University bosses said that you would have this system of blended learning. There's a, a reason for coming back to Manchester. You should you should be on campus. Of course, that's not now happening. People, there's a national lockdown. Everyone's stuck in their accommodation. Uh, the guidance remains that students shouldn't go back and forth. They should stay within their accommodation. Can you blame students that might think you've put this fence up? I can't go anywhere. I can't see anyone. I can't do anything. I'm, I'm just going to go home. I can't blame students for feeling like that and I, I can, we will certainly not uh, stop the movement of students. We, as I've said, we, we have no authority to do that. We can only urge them to think sensibly about the potential spread of infection amongst those that are more vulnerable. Before the start of our semester, we asked all students for whom it was possible to study fully online if they preferred to do so for the first semester. Some did, but very, very few did. Of course, for some students, it's simply not possible to do that. If you're training to be an engineer, a nurse, a doctor, you have to do some face-to-face, -face. but we offered all of them to do all online. And some, of course, did take that, but re relatively few. Mm -hmm. I want to, Student oh, sorry. sorry go. I, want uh, to I mean, at the moment, as you say, because of national lockdown, we've gone more online. I'm hoping that will be released and we'll be able to do more in-person teaching in the near future. Yeah, I want to um, ask some questions that we're getting in from students now because you know this is being live streamed so people are watching us live and um, this sort of follows on from what you were just saying. It's from Mal uh, Malachi Book, apologies if I've got that wrong. Um, she asked if you agree with Gavin Williamson that universities must continue with face-to-face -face teaching during the lockdown. We're, teach we're continuing with essential face-to-face -face teaching. All the rest is being taught online. So we are continuing with where, where that's necessary. And that is particularly final years where practicals are required for them to graduate. Yep. Um, Lena Birch asks that, she says students have been complaining about intruders in halls for years. Why are you putting up the fences now? Uh, we're putting up the fences now because the situation's become much more serious over recent weeks. And we've had many more complaints than we have ever done previously. 
I see. I've got another question here from Phil. So he feels the university and the government's guidelines are not working. He asks, will students be given an option to continue studying remotely and fully online in semester two? We will certainly do that if it's possible to do so. Uh, for some students, it will not be possible to do so um, because it's a requirement of the accreditation of their course to have some in-person teaching. But where it's feasible for them to study online and remotely if necessary, we will be offering that. We've got a question from Josh Wilson. He's asking about the rent strike. Um, uh, thousands of students have committed to, to withholding their rent because of the what they call poor conditions um, within student accommodation, particularly in fellow field halls. It could amount to hundreds of thousands of pounds of lost revenue for the university. Um, what's your reaction and your response to that? We've offered all students who wish to terminate their accommodation to do so, um, to break their contract and therefore to not continue to pay. Other students, if they're still in residences, we would urge them to pay because otherwise it is a breach of contract. Um, we urge them also to tell us if there are issues about their residences that are not satisfactory. Mm -hmm. um, you talk about it being a breach of contract. Will you pursue legal action against students that don't pay their rent? We're not taking that step at the, at the present time. Thank you very much. Um, I want to ask if you don't mind a little bit about the, 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 the safety measures in halls. We, we touched on it earlier, but I want to just go a little bit further now. Um, the fences clearly haven't worked. Um, you said you'll pursue other options, you'll put some more investment in. What more can you do to keep students in halls safe during lockdown? What are the next steps? So the next steps is part of a major review into how we can keep students more safe. We've been in discussion, obviously, with local police. Uh, we're in discussion with our security support. Um, a number of measures that we can consider. Uh, we certainly don't want to do anything that restricts the um, uh, movement of students. And we'd welcome to hear from students. What, what do they think would make them feel more safe? They are really important in this. And, and I want to hear from them what they are telling us would make them feel more safe. There was talk of a, a, a wristband system yesterday. There were some rumours going around to try and help smooth the flow and make sure that only people who live in halls can access them. Um, can you confirm or deny that? Were there, is there a wristband consideration in place? It's being considered, yes. And, and given the events of yesterday, we'll be reconsidering whether that would be a good move or not. Um, but it's one of the possibilities. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's brilliant. Um, I've got uh, one more question here from Sanad Bantiki, um, who asks what courses are actually doing blended learning? She says she's doing architecture and her studio classes are online. Um, quite a number of courses are, are doing blended learning, all of those with requirements for practicals or practice based. Um, so quite a number of courses in science and engineering, in biology, medicine and health, and some of the practices in music and in drama. It's where it's an essential requirement for the course. Fantastic. Uh, we've got a, a couple of questions that are still to come in. We've got around 10 minutes left with the Vice Chancellor. So if anyone does still have questions, please um, send them in as soon as you can so we can get your questions to Nancy Rothwell. Can I ask about you, Nancy? Um, you were appointed in 2010. This year you were appointed the chair of the Russell Group. Can I ask what's next for you? Do you see yourself at Manchester University for the foreseeable future? My current contract is until 2024. I see. And, and to people who are asking, forgive me for asking this question, but there are people who have asked if you've considered your position due to the current circumstances of the last two days. Yes, indeed. I've seen that. And that's a matter for our Board of Governors. Um, they decide on my appointment and whether that should continue or not.
Yeah. Um, and before we take a few more questions from Facebook, can I ask, what is your message to students right now after all this has gone on? What is your fund? What do you want students to know from you right now? I want them to know that we regret the events of the last 24 hours, that our intention was to make it more safe for them in residences. I now fully recognise that the message we intended to send was not the one that was received by our students. And for that, we are all deeply apologetic. Um, we've got a final few questions from students. This is one from Semel Patel. He asks about tuition fees. Um, will tuition fees be reduced? That depends. Uh, tuition fees depend on us managing to meet the learning outcomes of our students. And that can only be determined at the end of a year or the end of a course. If we are unable to meet learning outcomes, then rebates of fees will have to be considered. Yeah, and will students be maybe perhaps even not reduced, will they be compensated for the fact that there were strikes, for the fact that they aren't getting what they say they're going to get? Um, can you offer any form, maybe not even a financial compensation, can you, can you offer any form of support for students that haven't had what they expected? So that's something obviously we're considering at the present time. Um, the issue around strikes um, was considered last year and some students did go to the office of the independent adjudicator. And uh, as far as I'm aware, in, in most cases across the country, uh, there was a view that the learning outcomes were met. But uh, that's only one part of it. We're considering are there other ways in which we might be able to support students and show uh, them how we recognise the difficulties they're facing. Somebody would like to know, what do you mean by learning outcomes? We hear you say that quite a lot about the outcomes yeah. of a degree or the outcomes of a student experience. What does that actually mean? Yes, the learning outcomes are what is expected that you have achieved through the course. Uh, and that is um, regulated by a number of bodies, including accreditation bodies, the Office for Students. In some cases, it's how much they have been taught. But in most cases, it's what have they been able to learn through whatever means. Uh, we're quite strictly regulated on this and it's something we pay a great deal of attention to but perhaps we can do some better communications on what we mean by learning outcomes because I acknowledge if students don't quite understand what that means we could communicate it better. Mm -hmm. um, we've had a, another question about yesterday's protests. Um, there are videos of security guards walking around filming the, the protesters and filming the people taking down the fences. Um, do you know why they were filming them? They always film when there's a dispute in case there is um, any harm done to any student or in case there's any action that needs to be follow up. I, I'm not aware of any actions that we're following up at the present time. Mm -hmm. um, will you, I mean, mass gatherings or something, yesterday the lockdown started, people aren't supposed to be gathering. Um, will you pursue any of yesterday's protesters for, 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 for gathering? That hasn't been decided yet. Um, we, we've yet to have, we've been dealing with obviously um, the fences and the student messages so that hasn't even been considered yet. You're not ruling that out? We can never rule anything out but I suspect um, that in, in respect of yesterday at least we are unlikely to take actions. Okay um, we've got another question on Facebook this one's from Franny Sullivan and they ask will you support students in their struggle against the government for a refund um, they say Parliament is debating this matter on November the 16th. I'm guessing they mean, do you think that it's justified that, stu that tuition fees are at the current level? I would come back to what I said before, um, that it does depend on whether or not we are able to deliver those students what they expected as outcomes from their course. Um, the fee is not determined by the inputs, it's determined by the outputs. And of course, the debate, uh, which will be uh, about the refunds, 
uh, would indeed not go to the students, it would go back to the student loan company. So students won't see that that money directly, will they? It's just going to come off their total. Yeah, it would come off the, off their debt to the student loan company. Yeah, I see. Um, I, have, have you got anything else you'd like to say to, to Manchester students before we before we say goodbye and thank you for your time? I just want to say you're really important to us. Um, we do regret what happened yesterday. Uh, we are intending to support support you in any way we can, and we'd be grateful to hear from you about how we can do that better. Thank you, John. Forgive me, one more question before we go. This one's from Lucy Nichols. She would like to know, when we do go back to face-to-face -face learning, how will students and lecturers be kept safe? Yes, the actual teaching and learning has undergone rigorous risk assessments. It's done with face coverings and at two metres in heavily sanitised rooms, and all the risk assessments show that the risk is minimal. Obviously, one of our concerns is around transport and around gatherings not in the classroom. I've been involved in a survey of a number of major universities uh, to look for any instances of transmission of infection in teaching. Not a single university has found a single case where there has been transmission through teaching in a classroom. I see. Um, and another one here we've got, will you sort of commit to any sort of mass testing for students? Will you... We're in discussions about that now, yes, with uh, Greater Manchester uh, testing and in fact one of our, two of our senior staff are on the Greater Manchester testing group. It's a very live discussion that I've been getting emails about regularly over the last week and intensified over the last 24 hours. So will we see testing centres on the near to campus, say on Fallowfield? Or is that... There is already a testing centre at Fallowfield that is open to all students and is free. Mm -hmm. um, we've got another question here, I know you need to shoot off very soon, but we're getting lots yeah. in on Facebook, people are very interested in, in what no, you've no, got. That's fine. Um, are there any plans to extend library opening hours? Yes, there are. Uh, we're planning that at the present time. I'm hoping that will be announced soon. What, what channels are the best way for students to, to voice their concerns? How can people get in touch with you directly and, and tell you their concerns? Let me get back to you on that because we'll probably set up a dedicated helpline. Well, that's probably the easiest route to do it. I see. I mean, people will ask, why hasn't that been set up already? Uh, well, there is a student helpline, but specifically on the events yesterday, I was thinking that we set up an email address that deals specifically with it so we can separate them out from general inquiries. Thanks, Rafa. Thank you very much for your time. We're really thank you, Josh. Thank, thank you. you. Bye.